All right, good morning or good afternoon, everybody. Today is Wednesday, June 16th, 2021, and we have a fair amount of news to cover today, uh, all over the world, actually. And, um, I mean, Biden is meeting with Putin today. There was uh, there was an outage and things like that, so let's jump right into it. Also, I'd like to thank all of you so very much for the support that you've been giving with regards to the technical difficulties we've been having. It's... 95% been resolved at this point, so members and public audience, you can expect lots coming today. So uh, let's jump right into it. So first off, there was an outage at Southwest Airlines, basically across all of America. They had to shut down their operations, from my understanding, when I was uh, analyzing it in real time when it happened yesterday. Initially, they said there were some outages, some planes had to land, and then a handful of minutes later, there was a notification from every major mainstream media news outlet saying that they had to completely halt their operations operations because of a data breach. Now again, this goes it, this is just the beginning of the asymmetrical warfare aspect of, you know, one country going after one and then another country going after another and it becoming a tit for tat. Now, yes, we could say this is not nearly as bad as, you know, physical ground war, if you will. But at the same time, there are so many other repercussions that could occur too, right, as we've uh, as we've covered as well. So who's this coming from? At this point, we don't know. Are they using proxy countries? Are there certain alliances in the cyber world? At this point, we don't know. I don't want to speculate because we can honestly go off on a tangent as to, to who it could have been, right? But again, just goes to show you this is the, uh, the, the new game of warfare. So the next thing is that... Uh, the Biden and Putin meeting has already happened as of the time I'm recording this. Uh, they held separate press conferences after the meeting. However, I did want to pull up an article here from uh, Al Jazeera. But again, this could be from any outlet uh, that you prefer. Now, it says here, uh, the pair exchanged a brief handshake in front of reporters on Wednesday in Geneva before entering a stately lakeside villa for talks. Oh, how nice. Uh, Putin said he hoped for a productive meeting, while Biden said it was always better to meet face to face. Now, here's what's very uh, here's what's very interesting. The press corps, both the Russian press corps and the American press corps, were allegedly getting into some physical exchanges. They were roughing each other up. Uh, I don't know how extreme it went. I'm sure that the way it was reported was probably exaggerated just to get views and clicks and things like that. I'm sure there was some scuffling, but ultimately, I mean, you know, I... It's whatever. It's just reporters going at each other, right? So um, the one thing I did want to point out, though, was that Biden nodded when a reporter asked if Putin could be trusted. But the White House quickly then sent out a tweet insisting that the president was, quote, very clear, not responding to any one question, but nodding in acknowledgement to the press generally, end quote. Again, this is them basically... Okay, he nodded his head, all right? Whether he was answering the question or not is not even the point. Just goes to show you how quickly his press team has to do, I guess you could call metaphorical cleanups of things like that nodding. Now, yes, was it overlooked or, you know, was it looked into too much? He gave a quick nod, coincidentally, at the same time a reporter asked a question or more than likely because of his, you know, cognitive issues that we can clearly see are recurring, he may have, in fact... Uh, nodded in response to that and then uh, realized oh shit I messed up and then his team he didn't even need to tell his team they already knew like quick we gotta we gotta clean up what's going on with Biden right so and I would even dare to say that his uh, his his team his press team 
knows already that it's basically just damage control constantly day in day out in my opinion but anyways the uh, f next thing i wanted to cover with uh, pertaining to this story was that putin ignored uh, questions that reporters were shouting uh, asking if he feared jailed russian opposition leader alexei navalny the point i want to make by referencing this article folks is again he doesn't care he really doesn't care and if he i mean you think he's honestly going to answer Th this is the thing people this is not you know 10 20 30 years ago where people had a little more seem to have on a general level a little more faith in the mainstream media outlets to you know ask the tough questions and if they didn't people automatically assumed for the most part oh they probably had a good reason not to ask so we trust them nobody trusts the system anymore and the point i'm trying to make here is that ultimately what do people think by when these mainstream media reporters ask these questions what do you think these leaders are going to respond with it's like it's a constant cycle of being stuck in this this mental system of always, you know, watching the mainstream media over and over and over again, breaking news, breaking news, and half the time it isn't. Like, I'm just fed up with the way in which people's minds become so cyclical and obligated and committed, if you will, to, to, to just, you know, trusting that what the reporters asked is, is, is all that needs to be asked, you know? The, uh, the next thing is that um, Israel launched more rockets. Uh, Again, this was yesterday evening as of the time I'm recording this in Eastern Standard Time. Israel launched more rockets uh, into the Gaza Strip. Allegedly, no one was hurt, but I'm now hearing reports from independent outlets that the, the IDF, the Israeli def the Defense Force, murdered some Palestinian woman. Uh, again, I, I'm... Okay. I don't want to say I told you so or anything like this, and I, I say this all the time, not to the audience, but in general. Netanyahu being gone, and this was my humble opinion, I tried to stay very reserved on it, but it seems as though, again, mind you, it was only two airstrikes, but again, any airstrike would, is not good for either side, in my opinion. However, it didn't take that long for uh, Prime Minister Bennett to, to approve some airstrikes. So is there really any difference between him and Netanyahu with regards to the whole, you know, uh, defending the nation and things like that, right? So I'm just, you know, I know that that may be a bit of an overly vague or black and white statement, but it kind of begs the question, right? So it, it just makes me think on a personal level. It's not my place to tell you, uh, you folks, what uh, what's really going on. Now, I would probably feel a little bit more obligated to be more confident in my reporting on Israel if I was able to catch a flight there as I tried to do a handful of weeks ago and actually get there on the ground. That's a little bit of a different story, right? But um, anyways, uh, also allegedly Hamas launched some incendiary bomb balloons that I think were set to light up if, uh, if they hit grass or if they hit crops or something like that. I'm not sure specifically how lethal they were, but again, anytime incendiary bombs go into a city, that's not good either. However, w one could also make the argument that the, Israel the IDF march earlier in the day is what provoked that as well. So we have to be very, we got to look at the whole picture here right? But we also have to be as unbiased as we can, take emotions out of it, look at it neutrally, right? So the uh, the next thing is that Fauci said, and I quote, we've always said to keep an open mind and to look. So it's a bit of a distortion to say we deli deliberately suppress the lab leak, end quote. Yeah, okay. So first off, this is when my opinion might get in the way, but I think a lot of you agree with me, if not all of you. First off, I just want to make something very clear. That is one of the most vague statements I've ever heard in my life. Now, I'll tell you why. Look into what he said. We've always said to keep an open mind and to look. Jesus Christ. People thought that Trump's statements were vague. Were, were vague, excuse me. Who's First off, who's we? And then it says, we've always said to keep an open mind and to look. Look where? Because when people tried to look, they got censored. No, didn't they? 
And I'm not saying everyone who looked, as Fauci said it here, you know, quote, looked. I'm not saying they were all correct. But isn't one of the beautiful things about freedom of speech and science and all that is to, you know, look at different pieces of data, information, and come together and discuss a hypothesis regardless of if you're an expert or not because it's freedom of speech? But no, guess not. You know what I mean? So, and then he says, uh, so it's a bit of a distortion to say that we deliberately suppress the lab leak. Oh, really? Oh, th I don't even want to get into that. Don't even, t I personally experienced the suppression. The hell is he talking about? And even then, YouTube wouldn't, t uh, I'm not getting into this. This is, what a joke this is. Anyways, the, the next thing, which is equally as scary in my humble opinion, is that Michael J. Burry, so for those who don't know who Michael J. Burry is, he was one of the few people, he, if the name sounds familiar, if any of you have watched The Big Short, um, I forgot the director's name. Anyways, with Christian Bale, Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, all those guys, uh, Brad Pitt, um, it was basically uh, based on a true story of a, a set of events where a handful of people or bankers on Wall Street, uh, small time and big time, mainly I think more smaller fund, uh, smaller hedge fund based bankers, if I'm not mistaken, were they saw the housing market collapse coming before it really did michael j burry was one of them and i think he made something like four or five hundred million dollars in profit or something like this and um everyone listens to what he says now because again he was one of the first to see it coming and he had the data to back it up he's uh I think very good at mathematics, obviously, being on the stock market and stuff like that. So anyways, this gentleman said, Michael J. Burry, he's back on Twitter, and he said that, uh, the, and I quote, the greatest speculative bubble of all time in all things, end quote, regarding the markets right now in his opinion. Again, it's just his opinion. Just because he was right one time doesn't mean he's always correct. But again, the guy, I have to say, unless he has an ulterior motive, which could always be possible, but I don't see why the guy would take money to lie or bullshit. He's worth hundreds of millions. If not, I think he's close to being a billionaire at this point. If not, he already is. So, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, he's the prophet and we should all listen to him. I just think it's interesting to analyze an insight from somebody like this, right? So... The, uh, the next thing is that Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, got censored by his own platform, which was actually kind of funny to see. He said something about Juneteenth being an official holiday before the law was actually passed or whatever, and then Twitter literally censored his own tweet, and um, apparently he was not happy about it. But look, I'll tell you folks, from a, a personal perspective, I'm not one to do things out of spite, but I will say this is nice to see. To be honest, not that this does anything to Twitter or, you know, uh, Jack Dorsey himself, but it is nice to see. With that being said, too, I did want to mention, let me see if I could pull this up here just because it would be a pretty fluid uh, continuation of this point here. Uh, yes, Twitter has officially become the first American social media platform to lose its safe harbor protection in India over failure to comply with IT laws of the land. So this now basically means that Twitter's top executives may face police questioning and criminal liabilities under IPC over, quote, unlawful and inflammatory content posted on the platform by any user, end quote. Apparently, Twitter was given more time to comply with these rules in India, and they did not, they, Twitter said they did the best they could, but, you know, they, they stopped short, basically, of an apology, and, um, yeah, so, I mean, again, will this do anything to Twitter in the, in the, in the long run within India? I'm certain it will. However, on a global scale, to, for Twitter to really, um, Sorry, for Twitter to really take a hit, in my humble opinion, I think this this would have to happen in America or something like this. And just very recently, we, we now see documents showing and data showing that Twitter conspired with the U.S. government to say, basically, as long as you don't regulate us, we'll censor whatever you want us to censor. It was a quid pro quo. Very simple. Tit for tat. 
right? A transactional deal, metaphorically. So again, that's, uh, you know, <laughs> the, um, the next thing is that Harvey Weinstein is uh, going to be extradited to California to stand trial on sexual assault charges. If I'm not mistaken, I think he's doing time in New York. I, if I if I understand correctly, he's serving time in New York now. Again, if I'm don't take my word for that specifically, but anyways, um, the next thing is that the U.S. military weapons uh, have been going missing so quite substantially, according to an exclusive report by the Associated Press, and some end up being used back on American streets in violent crimes. They're finding some uh, military weapons from U.S. military bases have have gone missing when overseas, and literally have somehow ended up back in America. Now there are certain instances that the Associated Press reported on again this is a mainstream media outlet they do push propaganda so we got to be vigilant but they've said certain things like you know uh, certain weapons have been lost overseas because Navy SEALs, when they're off duty, they go to a restaurant in the country that they're, you know, doing their contracting work in or that they're serving in. And the one time, for example, a Navy SEAL got into a fight at a restaurant with somebody and he lost his pistol that was on him at the time. So, and then somehow that particular model ended up back on an American street, which is quite interesting too. Um, who knows if there's certain, again, no disrespect to any soldiers serving, but I, I, from my understanding, it does happen. Who knows if there are any soldiers that are very quietly, um, overseas, you know, uh, moving weapons or, you know, grabbing one or two weapons from the, uh, from the stockpile and, and selling them to make a quick buck. I mean, if they do that, don't necessarily blame them if they're not getting paid well and they're trying to feed their family. It kind of puts that soldier respectively in a, in a tough position. And I understand that. So, um, again, it, it really depends how you, how you perceive it, right? The, um, the next thing I want to talk about was Elon Omar, but here's the thing. I kind of want to stay away from that for now just because I want to get the full picture. However, for those who don't know, Elon Omar is a representative in Congress in America. She compared the uh, Israel and um, I think it was she compared Israel and Hamas to ISIS and the CIA. I, I don't don't quote me on that at all. She, she said something ridiculous. Let me pull. Actually, let me pull the article up very quickly for all of you so I can. Uh, so I can get. Uh, get this going here because uh she might be removed from her committees and all that stuff she she did a lot of uh a lot of unfortunate things here so yeah elon omar may face censure for words on israeli war acts um republican members of the u.s house filed a resolution seeking to censure omar for her criticism of israel and let me just look for the exact quote here as i'm sure many of you have said uh have already seen excuse me so she said here Okay, yeah, never mind. I'm sorry. I can't find it at the moment, but she basically compared... Um, ah. Ah, she compared... She said, U.S., Israel, Hamas, Afghanistan, and the Taliban have all committed atrocities, and the tweet sparked outrage from some of her own Democratic colleagues who objected to Omar comparing the U.S. and Israel with the Taliban and Hamas, and howls of anti-Semitism from the Republican right. Okay, end quote. So, just to make that very clear, the point I'm trying to make is this. Is what she said correct? I, in my humble opinion, absolutely not. Is it controversial? One trillion percent it is. But ultimately, she, I don't, I don't, here's the thing. I don't know what her objective is. And I'm not saying that because of her background, her cult. It's not even about that. I don't know what she's trying to do as a politician in Congress. What, what is her objective? What is her goal? And we could say, you could say to me, Dave, you could say that about Republicans too. And I agree with you fully because it's not just on one side. The question is, what is the objective she's trying to achieve by saying these things. So, you know, 
Uh, the next thing is that an intravenous COVID treatment has been discovered allegedly. Uh, so again, apparently it's a treatment that helps cure the ones that are suffering through the Delta variant. It is not like this end-all, be-all cure allegedly. It is intravenous though, so they shoot it right into your veins. I'm very skeptical of that, so you know. Uh, the next thing is that a Spanish man was jailed for killing and eating his mother. Yeah, that'll... That'll do it. That that'll do it. Just to put it lightly. Well, let's let, let's move on from that. Um, China has admitted uh, damage to fuel rods at their nuclear power plant. I imagine they sat down with that French company who has a thirty percent stake, roughly, in that joint venture at the nuclear power plant yesterday, and they said, "Listen, you got to fess up because we're not we're not going to be part of a cover up, especially with all the crap that's going on with you guys with regards to COVID and stuff like that." I imagine this is what they told representatives of the CCP or the CCP themselves. So you know. Uh, the next thing is that a record number of Chinese jets are in Taiwanese airspace. It could explain why the U.S. yesterday advanced some of their warships into the South China Sea uh, by saying it's just a training routine for the public. But again, this is, you know, you're going to a tit for tat type of move. We're seeing the chess moves right here, folks. Again, I'm not saying that is the retaliatory move to what's going on in Taiwan, but it very well could be. The timing is, is seems to fall in place unless I'm missing something, right? The next thing is that uh, Airbnb paid out $7 million to a woman who was held at ni a knife point at a, an Airbnb rental property in New York. $7 million or 5 million, I think, euros is the conversion, because I think it happened in Europe. Uh, sorry, in New York. What am I saying? Um, it was converted to euros because of the outlet that reported it. Uh, my apologies. But yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's not her fault that she got held at knife point. I don't know how that number of, of 7 million was decided, but hey, she got the money and it is what it is, right? Whether or not she deserves that is, you know, not for me to say, but... Um, the next thing is that there are unidentified stones that are uh, coming out in South Africa that have that are slowly sparking a sudden diamond rush. So again, it's you know there's a diamond rush. We'll see if the CIA gets in there because they probably are already in there. Uh, for those who don't understand what I'm saying, I'll, I'll elaborate on that later on. The next thing is that. Uh, newly unveiled records reveal that President Eisenhower rejected a military chief's demand for nuclear war on China in 1958 during the Taiwan Strait Crisis. It's kind of cool to see these, in, uh, whether it's they're leaked or they're declassified, it's kind of cool to see, you know, um, the strategy behind things. Now, it's not cool to see that people want to just resort to nukes constantly, whether it's military generals or politicians, but again... It is the reality. So when people, when politicians say the ones that have been in there that we talk about on the regular episodes, the military industrial complex guys, the odd time those guys do interviews with the press and they get asked, you know, are there incidences that occur that the public around the world never knows about that are so close to being detrimental or very damaging for lots of parts of the world? And they say, yes, it happens all the time. Just goes to show you, right? Just goes to show you. I'm not saying that they're good guys for, you know, saving us or this or that, but it shows you overall how close tensions can be, right? The uh, the next thing is that the leader of Sudan has war is warning of a civil war and defends recent reforms such as removing subsidies on fuel sparked protests. Uh, sorry, removing subsidies on fuel that have sparked protests in the country. It's hard. Sudan is complicated, and I I don't know in an extensive amount, so I don't want to comment on things I don't know. But I can. It's tough, especially when there's a civil war and things like this. It's very very tough. So. You know, it, it's very hard to say, but, um, but yeah, so I, I don't want to elaborate any more further than that. I will read up on it and continue my, uh, my analysis and elaboration on that in the coming days as well. So that is it for today for the news and we will catch all of you a little, uh, a little later on. Cheers.